Welcome to the gaming's greatest generation podcast where we discuss news, reviews, and all things video games with your hosts the OG Leo Holly, the overachiever Mark Lombardi, and Mr. Contradiction himself Matt Harms. Stay tuned for ways to connect with the G3 community, contribute to the show, or tell us about your greatest gaming experiences. Now, let's get to the show. Greetings gamers and welcome to another episode of G3 Podcast where we discuss the news, reviews, and culture surrounding video games. I'm your host Leo aka known as Ice and today on episode 23 we're going to talk about one of the biggest things to ever happen in gaming. You probably heard about it on our last episode, the mini, uh, the mini whatever, I don't even want to call it emergency because you know, I didn't need to go to the emergency room, but I'm sure some people needed resuscitation, especially in some camps. But to discuss this whole news about the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard is Matt. Matt, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, yeah, I would have to say this is easily the you know biggest uh, acquisition purchase, whatever, in the industry and certainly some monumental news. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, so getting right on into it, um, I'll tell you, I found out uh, I had to wake up for work that day uh, on Tuesday. I was, it was pretty early. I think I was walking around the house uh, late into the 5 a.m. mark, somewhere around 6 a.m. when I saw just my phone started lighting up and with all these notifications. I'm like, what What the heck is going on with this thing? And I was like, nuh-uh, nuh-uh, no fucking way. And... Surely enough, that was the rest of my morning, all the way until I left for work. My wife felt very lonely that morning because, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, my phone got way more attention than she did. Um, and that's not to say that she doesn't get attention, folks. Just, uh, you know, sometimes these things happen once in, once in a lifetime, and this pretty much was one of those things. Matt, where were you when you found out about the news? I have a pretty good idea, but why don't you, why don't you tell our, our listenership what you were doing or... What? How this news caught you? Well, uh, I don't know. I guess if it was mentioned on the last proper episode, but I've been down with the vid, unfortunately. So I was actually at home, and I was passed out. I woke up in the morning and had some messages from you guys on my phone, you know, about that story breaking, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, uh, definitely floored me. Uh, was not something I was really expecting to see obviously we've kind of discussed that as far as your pipe dreams for microsoft buying and owning everything but uh yeah yeah it definitely took me off guard whoa 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 whoa. okay hold on hold on <laughs> with the pipe dream stuff just a, a little housekeeping folks so it's just going to be matt and i going ahead and talking about it on this episode we're going outside of our normal convention where we kind of talk about the news and then move into other stuff because quite frankly this is that big of a piece of news uh it's one thing to go ahead and hear it from me uh, I tried to be strictly factual with the last, you know, mini episode, episode 22. This one is going to be much more of a back and forth kind of discussion. We do have some uh, pre-canned questions that we're going to kind of run through with each other here. But by no means is this meant to be, uh, you know, some type of masturbatory fantasy of mine. Thank you, Matt. Um, we're well. just going to go ahead and talk about how you know, our different uh, viewpoints on this one, because I can guarantee you that between Mr. Mow Them Down and Mr. Known as Ice, we have some very different viewpoints on this matter. Um, cool. So, yeah, the, 
again, playing catch up just in case for whatever reason you didn't catch us on episode 22 or you didn't catch any of the multitude of news sources that were out there this week. Microsoft uh, went ahead and acquired Activision Blizzard for a sum of $68.7 billion cash. Um, and to be clear, Ooh. that's that's the initial announcement, right? This thing is not formal yet. It has to go through regulatory procedures. Um, the idea is this is going to pass muster, hopefully, uh, or at least hopefully for Microsoft in their fiscal year, which goes from June, uh, this coming June through June 2023. So we've still got a good year to 18 months for this thing to go up and down. But um, you know, there's a lot of talking points with regards to that, if that's going to actually happen. And we'll get to that uh, kind of a little bit later on. Um, so yeah, yeah, I heard you. I heard you sign at that one, Matt. $68.7 billion. And, and insane. I'm going to say that number <laughs> several times because I don't know about you, but I kept seeing uh, across, you know, so many different spheres. They were like, oh, you know, $70 billion. Oh, 70, you know, $75 billion. People, for some reason, kept wanting to up that number. And I'm like, I get it that human nature and us kind of round stuff out. But let's be real for a minute. Many humans, especially in America, where people are paid very well, let's be frank, regardless of whatever's going on in, in the economy, people are paid a lot better than other places in the world. Uh, a lot of people will never even see $1 billion in their lifetime, let alone $68.7 billion. So I don't take it lightly, that number, and you won't hear me go ahead and say $70 billion or round up or do anything like that, because I think that alone is a monumental uh, sum of cash. Again, it's it's uh, an enormous multiple higher than what happened. Uh, what was it last year, year before, with the Activision Blizzard acquisition, or excuse me, with the Bethesda acquisition? Um, but nonetheless, that that's a big number. But that being said, who else? You know, kind of getting into our our questions here. Who else could have gone ahead and made something like this happen? What what other company possesses? the possible capital to make this happen. I know you already, you know, offline kind of had a couple ideas with that one, Matt. I mean, yeah, there are certainly other entity entities, excuse me, that could have pulled off this purchase um, as far as players that would actually be interested in doing so. That's really more kind of a discussion, I guess. Um, but yeah, like obviously Apple and Alphabet or Google, as everybody would kind of know them, both are interested in getting into the space. I mean, Google's been trying. Apple has, you know, had mobile stuff for ever and ever. It is a little surprising to me that neither of them would have gone for it. Hell, Amazon could have tried. I mean, I guess it depends on whether or not you really believe the rumors that you were kind of mentioning offline about Activision apparently approaching everybody and their grandma looking for, you know, somebody to buy them. Yeah, it's hard to say for sure, but uh, if that is true, then yeah, I'm surprised that Microsoft ended up being the one to, to get the opportunity. Um, certainly doesn't surprise me that they would take the opportunity, maybe, well, you know, Blizzard might be willing to, or Activision Blizzard might be willing to sell at a lower rate with all their PR woes and everything, and as their, you know, progression with uh, their game sales is kind of come into the reality of, of the new new you know meta i guess for the landscape for the marketplace with everything uh yeah i don't know it it's still just all blunt mind-blowing 
Yeah, I mean, so keeping it real, like one of the previous episodes, I think back in season one last year, we went ahead and discussed. I, I held no punches. I want to say it was a solo episode too. I held no punches in saying that, you know, the turmoil um, in in regards to not only the sexual harassment piece, uh, but the res- and the frat boy culture, but the response to that, the company response or lack thereof, um, and the growing sentiment that was developing, and what we saw even in, in the social media sphere and, and you know in the public eye, insofar as Activision Blizzard employees go, I did not see a light at the end of the tunnel here. To me, it was going to come out one way or another. Either there was going to be unionization, in which case clearly being what we've seen as kind of a money machine in the past Activision Blizzard and their leadership was probably not going to be on board with that. So there would be some type of even further prolonged issues. Uh, If not unionization, there was going to be mass exodus by all the employees. And so the company was going to be a shell of its former self and who knows what that would do um, for titles like call of duty that, you know, Activision Blizzard had uh, essentially annualized. Um, or quite frankly, they were going to end up having to declare bankruptcy, which was probably, and I, and I named that third because I think that would be the least uh, opportunistic because it was probably more likely that exactly this would happen. Another bigger fish would come in and would say, no, 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 no. We're not going to let you guys fall completely on your face. There's IPs in there that are too valuable, uh, et cetera. In regards to you know, getting back to our question about who else could have done this, I hear you. And I want to counter with, we've seen the hand of a lot of these other companies though, right? In in the case of Alphabet and Google, like you mentioned, yeah, they have the capital for it, but what did they do with uh, Stadia and all their internal development studios that they had? They basically stopped. They, They ended production on a lot of their stuff and they said, hey, you know what, that they did not say it outright, but they showed telltale signs that they were like, we don't want to do any more internal management with studios. We would rather just farm the licenses out or, you know, scoop up licenses or whatever to bring our stuff over onto Stadia. They have basically expressed that they have zero interest in owning and or managing internal studios, well, at least from yeah, what I, I can mean, tell. Well, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. They are you know, as always, much more of a uh, platform holder, you know what I mean, rather than necessarily a content generator. Um, yeah, sorry, that like, we were just talking about, you know, potentials, I guess, in terms of who actually has the cash and could maybe have the interest. Uh, I wasn't meaning to put those forward as like a lock or whatever. Uh, oh, no, I mean, I still got more. I got more for you. Yeah, um, sure. In so far, in so far as Amazon, I mean, Amazon went ahead and correct me if I'm wrong, but they were the ones that they put out. Uh, what the heck was the name of the game? They tried to put out something like two years ago in beta. I th- I think it actually went full long. I don't even remember the titles of these games uh, because like I gave zero crap. I don't remember either. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but it, it crashed and burned basically, right? Like I'm, uh, yeah. I'm not trying to mince words here or make it seem worse than it was, but it went to full release as I understand. It went to full release and was so poorly received even after beta that they pulled it off shelves. Kind um, of deal. I don't remember if it actually went to full release or not. You might be thinking of the Cliffy B thing that was basically no, the same no, no, kind no. of deal. But, no. I remember, yeah, I remember that one, but that wasn't for Amazon. But regardless, no, well, right, I, I feel like saying, yeah, I feel like Amazon 
has their hands full enough just trying to get a title off the ground, i.e. New World. I don't think they're going to go ahead and be bold enough to want to delve into, I, I think for even having Twitch, even doing what they're doing with New World and, and whatever they're doing with the internal studios, I feel like they as a company are still tiptoeing into gaming to where they don't trust it as a moneymaker and uh, they uh, are not going to I mean, wholeheartedly invest into it. Yeah, see, I don't know. Not, not in the billions I like can't, this. I can't imagine that they wouldn't see uh, the value of gaming industry or whatever. Um, but uh to your credit yeah it's possible that maybe they just don't want to take on that much uh that that quickly so to speak um to to the counterpoint there you have previously alluded to the fact that uh i believe with our offline discussions or whatever that microsoft could essentially purchase activision and basically just be like all right well you know you guys continue doing what you're doing or whatever uh take a relatively hands-off approach and just, you know, hey, just continue, you know, making money just now, you know, we own it or whatever. And any of those other players could have certainly taken that approach as well. Uh, obviously, you want to clean up the, the corporate culture and whatever. Yeah. But and, and, that's, and that's the other thing, right? When you look at it, and we'll, we'll get into kind of the corporate stuff and how that appears in the face of uh you know the legislatives uh later on in our discussion but um the other players that we're not really talking about that we don't think about because guess what they're not in our hemisphere the 10 cents um shoot what's the other what's the other one that's a big one next to 10 cent um nonetheless like we've got know, some... yeah i will say honestly yeah like if again it all just depends on i guess what you believe in what's substantiated as far as you know who went to whom and how it all worked out or whatever because i'm sure tencent probably would have been happy to try and <laughs> get in on that yeah i really wish i would have saved that article you know we were sitting here um and a little inside baseball for the folks listening we've got probably about 15 different articles that we were able to pull because everyone their mother was talking about it this week and I, I came across one earlier this week where uh it alluded to uh bobby kodak or Kotick, as uh, Matt likes to say, um, went ahead and on behalf of Activision Blizzard approached certain entities, i.e. Meta, um, and I want to say Apple was uh, the other one that I specifically saw in trying to go ahead and sell Activision Blizzard because um, supposedly, according to uh, this other thing that we'll reference here, well, I guess we can reference it here in a second, um, but basically following the news of uh, the acquisition beginning, uh, both Phil Spencer out of Xbox and, and Bobby Kotick out of uh, Activision Blizzard went on CNBC and uh, answered a number of questions in an interview and whatnot. And, and you know, in their best PR speak, um, specifically for uh, Mr. Kotick over there, went ahead and said that all this was in the vein of looking at how the field of competition is laid out before us in the next couple of years with regard to the gaming sphere. And it seemed like the best opportunity for Activision Blizzard to go ahead and partner uh, with another company because they weren't going to be able to compete specifically when we're talking about cloud and stuff like that. So that, that would definitely make sense for them leaning in the direction of Microsoft. I don't know where or why I, I know there's server space and whatnot, but I don't know why you would go for meta. 
uh, as a potential partnership slash acquisition there. I don't know why you would go for Apple um, because I don't know exactly what their backend servers look like, but I don't see them doing a PlayStation now. I don't see them doing a Stadia. I don't see them doing an xCloud. So I don't know why you know, approaching those besides literally looking at the dollar figures associated with those companies and going, you guys could buy us. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I guess to be fair, if you're in the position where you're just looking to sell out, like, do you, are you concerned with any of that other than just, you know, getting your value out of the, out of the transaction? So I don't know. Yay and nay, but, uh, for the, for the, you know, board, and the major shareholders and stuff. I'm not sure if they're like, well, you know, we we're worried about the legacy of, you know, whatever. That's why we're selling the company and getting rid of it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I wish, I wish I had kept that article. I think it's from last week. So it's probably in our, in our notes here somewhere, but the article that we basically uh, tabled because we are going to talk about it in another episode where um, the, uh, detailing the history of how the pricing of gaming has gone up it was at least as far as i recall that article it was actually bobby kodak of activision blizzard with call of duty three or two um one one of those two titles where they're basically like fuck it sixty dollars like you know and just literally at that it was like yeah we're gonna charge people more and just one you know one snowball rolling down the hill all of a sudden turns into an avalanche and that's where you saw more and more uh, publishers go ahead and say, Hey, you know what, if they're going to get away with it, we're going to get away with it. And we kind of saw it again at the beginning of this new gen with, with the uh, Xbox series consoles and the PlayStation five, where you had like the two K's coming out here. Like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to charge $70 too. And everyone's kind of looking at them like, what the are you doing? Like, you're not doing anything to make these games any better. So why the (laughs) hell are you trying to charge another $10? Like I get it for, You know, and in the perfect world, I understand inflation is going to do some things um, when it comes to the cost of producing a game. Um, that being said, I would like to also think that at the same token that we hear the Jim Ryans out of PlayStation and we hear these other executives come out and say, oh, you know, it's costing more and more to make games. Well, I would hope that part of your stewardship in these companies isn't just looking at, at, at how much of a blank check you need to write, but it's also, hey, where can we afford to... Uh, do smarter processes and procedures to go ahead and save some costs on the back end too. Not necessarily shortchanging or shortcutting the game, but like where can we be smarter? I.e., I don't understand. Sorry, I'm saying I.e. a lot. I don't understand still to this day why I end up as a consumer having to pay more because I want my title in digital format versus the physical when it literally costs more money to produce the physical format. Like, here we go talking about economies of scale and stuff like that and, and the cost of producing a game. And again, sorry to the listeners. This, a lot of this episode is going to be very like in-depth, in-depth gaming talk here. Um, but I mean, that irks the hell out of me that I've got to pay more for a digital simply because they hold the coin purse on, on how much that's worth and you know the availability of it physical. And I know that is entirely a personal choice, but I don't have a lot of space in this house. And if I had you know, a physical copy of every single game I owned, I would probably need uh, at least a U-Haul size room to go ahead and, and house all that, dude. Because again, like, you know, we talked about it before. I'm approaching like 2,000 titles 
uh, across all platforms. Like I, I, I ain't got the room for that. So, um, regardless, uh, I, I understand that the cost of gaming is going up. Um, and something needs to be done in order to kind of like, in order to get more bang for buck out of that. But that's why we've seen the introduction of DLC. That's why we've seen the introduction of microtransactions. Um, and, and yeah, I hope that we're not going to start seeing, even though realistically with inflation, with all these other things, we should have seen a trajectory somewhere to the extent that games, the base games are costing more like $100. Uh, I hope that we're not going to get there anytime soon. Would you, would you agree? I know I kind of oh, went on a diatribe there. Yeah, but that was uh, that's a lot to unpack and kind of respond to, so I guess I'm not going to try and pick all of that apart uh, individually since this is not meant to be some huge long-form debate. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the cost of a uh, video game has been, you know, at least at release, if you're trying to buy it right away, has been greater than $60 for a while. Um all the you know gold edition whatever get your season pass whatever yada yada like those are optional but really it's it's all available at release a lot of the time and everything it's it's planned content for the game it should all be in there so you want to get it and experience the full thing or whatever um but but at least to i guess give the devil's advocate uh part of the equation or whatever like they do have all these digital, you know, things that they're saving on all these, you know, data banks and servers and whatever, and that costs money and whatever. And you do have access to that continually, and there's no degradation of the the physical media that you know you have to worry about, and you don't have to worry about where to house it, you know, in a U-Haul for your video games out out in your backyard or something. Uh, not that I'm necessarily in support of, you know whatever but uh, yeah i mean there's advantages and disadvantages obviously they're going to continue try and get as much you know uh value as they can from the consumer uh, while trying to deliver i guess as much value as they they can depending on <laughs> what what their uh work processes allow them to generate um but yeah i mean i think you know it's it's just all part of the the system of consumption and everything and i won't dive too far into this but you know the video game has turned into an economy so rather than see these you know the labors of love and whatever you know these stories that are crafted over years by smaller teams or whatever they're just all passionate or whatever it's now you've got you know hundreds of people working on a call of duty title to satisfy the the annual release schedule and well it costs a lot to pay a lot of people to do that they don't have a whole lot of time or anything they're just trying to get it out for you know the next yearly annual title uh yeah you're gonna see some quality fall off and everything it's it's, it's kind of just how that goes uh, so that that actually leads us pretty well into since we're still kind of talking about the money and we want to obviously progress the show i'll 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 earn you yep you got a notch there from me with regard to like you said, the the servers and the cloud structure and whatnot. That being said, though, so there was an interesting question that uh, you went ahead and forwarded among our friend group uh, from, of course, everyone's favorite cesspool, Reddit. Um, and it was something to the effect of why not take, although they did the exact same thing and they rounded up and they said $100 billion. 
where they say, why not? I think that's meant to be more like reflective of overall like expenditures for, you know, recent acquisitions and stuff or whatever. Okay. That's fair. So, well, nonetheless, you run with it. Don't let me take the words out of your mouth, but like kind of, kind of go with the question and and how you feel about the question. Cause you definitely seem to be favorable towards it. Oh yeah. Okay. I apologize. So yeah, the point that was posited in the Reddit post and is something I would kind of agree with as far as just a question to ask would be, you know, what could we have seen using all of this money as an investment in developing new talent and new ideas, new IPs and stuff, rather than, you know, Microsoft just spending money to snatch up other players in the game uh, to presumably, you know, limit uh, access from other, you know, platform holders uh, trying to, you know, kind of close off the marketplace and try and force gamers into the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, rather than doing that, you know, could we have actually seen some some interesting things come out of, you know, some fresh young talent or something rather than just, well, now Call of Duty is going to come to Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I, I sat back and I kind of thought about that one for quite some time. I, I had an instant reaction and uh, suffice to say, I think my instant reaction still plays true. I really wish... Um, I don't know. Do you have that Seattle Times article up? Because my thing is being a pain in the butt over here. Oh, no, but I can try and pull it up. Okay. Um, The Seattle Times went ahead and brought up a really good article, and it said five reasons Microsoft is making Activision its biggest deal ever. Um, And it, it says five points in there, which I agree pretty strongly with about three of them, and two of them I'm like, meh. Yeah, I agree with some of them. The The mobile space is definitely something I agree with. That's understandable. Yeah, can you, so since I'm having difficulties over here, can you just kind of summarize uh, just literally, even if it's just by title only, what those five points are? I, so, I mean, I'll go over them, but honestly, the article I thought was rather weird in their logic and everything. But so uh, the key five reasons, according to the Seattle Times, uh, size uh, now that they've, I guess, purchased that, they're, you know, uh, a much larger revenue uh, builder overall just by acquiring Activision. Um, it did, funnily enough, include a quote from Bobby Kotick or Kotick or however we're going to say that. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Dickhead uh, said in an interview, quote, you look at companies like Facebook and Google and Amazon and Apple and especially companies like Tencent. They're enormous, and we realized that we needed a partner in order to be able to realize the dreams and aspirations we have, he said, namely, uh, making all the money on the planet, and, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Next was mobile, uh, mentioning the fact that Activision owns Studio King, maker of Candy Crush, and they've got a bunch of other, you know, mobile games that are doing well. Uh, Microsoft hasn't really moved into that yet outside of, well, Minecraft, which I assume is probably doing okay, but uh, but yeah, this will help them expand into that you know sphere of the market, I guess, if you will. Um, next was bypassing app store fees. I didn't really understand this, if I'm going to be honest. It mentioned something about Microsoft wanting to bypass you know app store fees with Apple and Google. I don't really understand how acquiring Activision is going to help them do that. So it's whatever. It doesn't really yeah, give any real detail on that. Um, the metaverse was another one that it mentions. I'm going to be honest. I'm not really sure why acquiring Activision necessarily helps with that other than I guess just 
adding additional content to whatever they're trying to do with the metaverse. But Microsoft's already got its own plans for metaverse and how they're trying to build that up. So I, I don't necessarily know about that one either. Uh, and then it mentions the three C's about uh, Nadella, the CEO for Microsoft's corporate strategy has been coalescing around cloud content creators. Seems like maybe this is a good way for them to snatch up, you know, some content creators or whatever, which that is assuredly true. Yeah. And so my, my rebuttal with the whole, why not internally develop um, and instead acquire a major publisher like Activision Blizzard comes down to the simple I mean, concept of mindshare. Think about what we talked about. Uh, what was it early last year? Yeah, right. Not. Where, where Microsoft was trying to make a move on Discord. Why mm -hmm. would they not go ahead? The same thing, we had these discussions offline. Why would they not go ahead and just try to build up Skype or build up Teams or do something internally? It's because the mindshare is already right, invested right. in Discord. So yeah. why are you and gonna I mean, go ahead and try and reinvent the wheel? And I, well, I'm gonna be frank, maybe this, is, maybe this is the pessimist in me, right? Because I look at the Reddit thing and it's like, oh, develop your own studio, blah, blah, blah. They already have, we just said, 23 studios now they're up to 32 with this yeah. acquisition if it goes through but they have 23 studios some of which have hundreds and hundreds of employees some have significantly less but the bottom line is i i understand that we're in this world where we want to hire talent etc but i as putting myself in phil spencer's shoes putting myself in satya nadella's shoes i'm not going to hope that i can put out like like look at what's happened Perfect example. Look at what's happened with uh, 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 the initiative, right? Their internally developed studio. They're not even a full-fledged studio. They're essentially going ahead and being the spearhead and the idea machine, and they're partnering with Crystal Dynamics right now to go ahead and push forth the next Perfect Dark title. I don't know if there's enough reputable talent that's able to prove itself out the gate that won't take 10, 20 years to go ahead and form the type of... of, of uh, repertoire and resume well, it, that it you see in some well, of these yeah. others, you know, so that's where I say, you know, I, I get it. And I understand the point of developing internally and organically seems like the, the most genuine way, if you will. And the, and the most, uh, I mean, and way that will earn them if I can higher. just, yeah, if, yeah. If I could just interject briefly. So like, I, I don't disagree with any of those points. You hit it on the head as far as, uh, I mean, you said like genuine or whatever, but but so realistically, it's more just like kind of a a morality question or whatever, if you will. It's not necessarily that to say that in terms of your business acumen and, and making a wise decision or a shrewd decision uh, with your investment. Yes, I mean, certainly uh, Activision seems maybe a more solid like right now uh, revenue stream kind of a thing. Um it's more just maybe like what would be a better, you know, ideal world, whatever use of your of your monies. Uh, but yeah, so that that's kind of the deal. I mean, obviously, it's not necessarily the 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 most unwise or stupid expenditure or whatever. It's just is it necessarily the best one i guess for the industry um it, honestly i i'm curious to see how it goes for them because that is a pretty huge dollar value they're raking in money right now through game pass so i'm sure they'll be fine and it's microsoft i mean they're gonna be fine but uh but yeah i mean call of Duty's in kind of a weird state right now obviously they don't really know what to do with, with the series because they're trying to make as much money as they can out of the free-to-play thing um so you don't want to like 
draw players away from that by putting out a new title that's going to take them away from that or whatever I, it's it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting state that they're in blizzard obviously has been kind of floundering with its big titles that it's trying to figure out what to do with and bring out to market uh, i don't know it, it'll be it'll be real curious or i'll be curious i guess i should say it'll be real interesting to see how things will develop with that yeah, I agree. And we'll go ahead and we'll talk a little bit more about this development. We've been rambling on for quite some time here. So we're going to take a, a quick break and we will be back right after this. Heard something you liked? Maybe you want to showcase a great gaming experience? Or perhaps you just want to share a laugh with the crew? Join the Discord by using the link in the show notes. We look forward to you being part of the community. And we're back. So, yeah, we're, oh, man. So if you guys are <laughs> keeping up with us here, we're going to keep rattling on about this uh, this major news piece this week, that being uh, the Microsoft acquisition, uh, or at least the starting phase of the acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just to, to pitch off... Uh, or kind of kick off into our next question. I'm going I'm to lead this here, Matt, because I think um, we were kind of already leaning in that direction and something like, I'm not going to lie. So my gut, right, when we talk about um, previously how, um, you know, it, again, my feeling is it's a lot easier to go ahead and purchase the mind share, um, you know, the the hearts and minds yeah, that people I, already I associate disagree. with those titles. <laughs> um, so to that same degree, my gut tells me that this is Microsoft's wheelhouse right now in the sense that I, I don't know why, but I've formed this opinion. Growth and through maybe acquisition? It's of, That's absolutely no, their no, wheelhouse. No. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is... Forever as a company. That's a, maybe this is because of something that Phil Spencer said before, right? But he said, in a sense, I, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to paraphrase it. He basically said they look for talented teams and ideas and then if they have the opportunity to come in and provide a, a safety net, that not just in the sense of finances, but uh, in the sense of management and whatnot, like that is that is their thing, right? That is what they've been doing. Um, not necessarily am I pointing at any of their previous acquisitions, right? Um, but I think this one is nail on the head. The management, uh, as far as the the corporate structure over there with Activision Blizzard was starting to turn into hot garbage. I Their mean, stock price starting that well existed it, for quite a while, but yeah, but it was yeah. rolling down the hill and starting to get into the public eye, which made it you know right, more yeah. apparent. Headlines, um, baby. Their, their stock price had taken a dip. Uh, you know, we we look at everyday folks, and they're in the same jobs. You know, for you know, maybe five, six years and they already want to change. Rarely do we see some some folks that are in it for, for 20 or more. And then you got Bobby Kotick over here, who's, you know, more or less been running the thing since the 90s. Um, you know, he probably was even seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, like, I'm done. You know, I don't want to even do this anymore. Um, I mean, he's going to walk away with. Yeah. That yeah, chunk of change. Uh, so I, I think I saw the number was something like three hundred and ninety uh, million or something. Yeah, I think I think it was somewhere a little over three hundred or something. But regardless, I mean he'll, he'll he'll retire a billionaire and he'll you know. Yeah, whether or not that's supposed to happen. Um, so why why then, Matt, did this deal happen in the first place? We've had a couple of different 
uh, articles that we've cited um, to go ahead and kind of lead us off here. Is there is there something? So, like I said, that was my gut feeling on why this deal happened. It was just kind of right place, right time, right momentum. Um, and, and again, the right push, right? Like a lot of people seem to keep losing, at least in the general gamer mindset, they seem to keep losing sight of Tencent and how much they actually have. I, I think in one of our previous episodes, I went ahead and I cited, you know, they have something like 40%, don't quote me, but I want to say it's like a 40% state, stake in Epic Games. Um, they have anywhere from like 10 to 20 in, in like another 12 different companies. They bought uh, Sumo Digital not too long ago. So there's a lot of, and Sumo being the powerhouse that, that brought out stuff like um, the Little Big Planet games uh, on PlayStation. But the this is a monster that is moving again, kind of like as you alluded to with Microsoft, with no end in sight. It's just going to keep growing and acquiring more and growing and acquiring more. But so why why do you think this deal, in your opinion, why do you think this deal happened? Uh, I mean, I don't know, but I, I would say probably a combination of things. Um, I, it, the, the main thing that was surprising for me was just to see if the Activision was even just willing to sell out like that or whatever. But I mean, obviously, if the price is right, and that is a pretty hefty sum, um, you know, you're seeing stuff talking about how they apparently went to other companies. Maybe, maybe Microsoft was just the one that was willing to entertain their asking price. You know what I mean? Uh, Microsoft's been on a kick lately on a tear. And I guess if they saw the opportunity to, to, you know, buy out the company that owns Call of Duty or whatever, I mean, obviously the fanboys have been like, what if, you know, and now they're like, hell yeah, we got the opportunity. Let's do it. Uh, I really, I, I don't know. Like it, it's a surprise to me that this happening. Uh, I again, I'm still kind of curious to see how like the profitability is gonna gonna work out with everything, um, or if it really is more just a, a push to you know bring as many people into the ecosystem as they can and kind of choke out Sony as much as they can. They don't care if it's gonna turn out to be a huge kind of a loss overall because they're just making so much money right now that they can absorb it, which is amazing in its own right um you know i i I don't know i don't have the answer for you um it's interesting that you said choke out sony we'll we'll come back to that in a second here um but so a couple a couple of our sources so i'm i'm looking at uh uh both the ign op-ed um or the opinion piece i guess by john davison that said uh and and i like it i like the title it's not a console war it's a content war Right. People still, regardless that that Xbox has come out and said, hey, we are not in competition with PlayStation. We're not worried about PlayStation. We're looking at the Stadia's. We're looking at the Amazon's. We're looking at the Tencent's. We're looking at these multi-billion, if not trillion dollar companies that have that economic engine to go ahead and and steamroll the competition. Um, And so we need to go ahead and build up that content. So almost in the sense and i know that phil spencer himself has has leaned in the direction of like trying to steer away from game pass being compared you know apples to apples with netflix but it's basically what they're doing right they're they're trying to go ahead and they're building that game pass repertoire um why have i used that twice in this episode anyways um they're trying to build up that library so they're first out the gate with this robust plethora of things for you to play. 
Um, and I, I definitely concede with that, even though um, contradictory, I, I guess not entirely contradictory, but kind of um, working its way into the next piece, this being the, the piece we got out of Vulture, um, saying that it's all about the metaverse. This whole acquisition is about the metaverse, even on, in the CNBC uh, interview that we referenced uh, offline. I don't remember if we talked about it in this episode because we've been rambling for quite some time already. Um, the, everyone seems to be talking that it's about the metaverse. And to me, all that comes down to once again is the mind share, because if I'm going into like if I'm going in blind, right? I don't know what the metaverse is. I know the scary guy Zuckerberg went ahead and he said some stuff about it. And all of a sudden it's freaking wildfire. Everybody's talking about it. If I look at it like a matrix type deal and I'm going out there into the unknown, into the wilderness and you know, there's some scares going on and you know, maybe I, I, I put on my mat hat and I feel like everyone's trying to just go ahead and take all my money type deal. As soon as I walk in the door, then yeah, I could see that being a very uninviting place. However, if I go ahead and I see, oh, I know that guy, that's Price from Call of Duty. Oh, I know that person over there. That's, you know, character X from Overwatch or from Starcraft or whatever, right? Like the idea of having these inviting characters, these inviting visual uh, and auto sensory type of things to entice me to want to go in there is probably going to make me feel more comfortable and maybe it'll make me feel looser on the wallet if the end game is to go ahead and get you kind of freely using and or spending in this metaverse but you know with all this metaverse talk and everybody saying or at least a lot of folks pointing in the direction that this deal was made because of metaverse i i don't know i have a hard time swallowing that pill is that is it, am i on the red pill the blue pill like which, which one did you take uh yeah i don't i don't know about the whole metaverse thing personally it's it's certainly a possibility, I guess. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm not really sure that the way that you were describing it is necessarily how I would necessarily envision it or their reasoning for the purchase on some of these things. But uh, but certainly people know what Call of Duty is, um, so that you know might be something people might be willing to check out in some kind of a metaverse space or something. Uh, so certainly could you know be part of it. Uh, but yeah, I would disagree that they're not necessarily also trying to you know choke out sony in the console space and whatever else they can sony was i believe the number one video game revenue company for last year but 25 billion or something um so i mean they're they're doing pretty well they're the one to, to beat i guess as as far as that goes right now so uh yeah i don't know i could be the metaverse i just am not sold on the whole metaverse thing at this point personally and i honestly think it's kind of hilarious because all visions of that are always dystopian messed up you know reality kind of things um e eg the matrix as you just referenced uh so yeah i don't know i'm not sure why <laughs> well i guess all the hype that i've seen about the metaverse is all coming from corporate uh spaces and then like you know a news media that wants to talk about it to try and get everybody hyped up about it i guess i don't know how many consumers are all that interested right now and i'm hoping that kind of remains the case but we'll see <laughs> yeah i mean i i am zero interested. can't wait to be a battery yeah i am zero interested when we talk about like nfts and stuff like that that's also on on the tip of corporate tongues right now but the the metaverse 
I, I will say I hold an ounce of hope and um, excitement if it's going to be essentially, um, and I feel like I showed you guys that before. There's a video from, I can't remember if it was like a GDC or a CES conference like years ago, years ago, early 2010s, I want to say, uh, early to mid 2010s when they showcased uh, the HoloLens and they were trying to show what this thing was capable of. And they went ahead and they had, this is after Microsoft had acquired Minecraft because uh, you had someone, they set it up to where you could see what the person was seeing through the HoloLens. And this person was like looking at just a flat table in front of them. And all of a sudden, like they did some minority report type hand motions. And all of a sudden there was this, you know, huge, almost like Minecraft theme park type thing in front of them. And then, you know, the, the presentation went on and they look to the wall and they see like, you know, their calendar because they had to, you know, do the Microsoft thing and be like, oh, look, there's productivity too, because I can have my calendar there. I don't have to turn on my computer, look at my device, you know, in my hand to go ahead and do this. And, you know, I can do all this artsy fartsy stuff over here and it will materialize in front of uh, the visuals of somebody halfway across the world or whatever. That kind of got me excited. And if we're talking about that on large scale, I could be excited for that. And again, when you incorporate gaming so, much more, I could be excited uh, for something like that. But Yeah, well, so I, I agree that that was a cool presentation and stuff like that already exists to a degree. Like the whole... The whole thing of the metaverse, right, is basically uh, your. I, I don't know if the listeners are familiar. Depends upon your background, probably your age and everything. Leo, have you heard of Second Life? Have Have I heard? Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> but of course. So, so the metaverse is essentially uh, VR plus like second life or whatever or any other game kind of trapping that you want to put people into or whatever um plus the ability to have like a functional economy ideally that there is control of by you know who's ever running i guess quote unquote metaverse um so you have people that are you know able to log into persistent worlds that are digital, that are, you know, very immersive and also that, you know, you can uh, spend money in uh, to trade both with like the company service provider and also other players so that there's big, you know, running economy that the company that owns it gets to enjoy the, the fruits of. Um, and, you know, we'll probably try and justify by giving some small percentage back to, you know, the, the creators, as the one guy said, you know, we, we understand there's people out there looking to have, you know, fun playing video games, have fun, and that's fine. But we're more, you know, curious to kind of draw out the people that are, you know, wanting to, like, contribute. <laughs> oh, I think you're talking uh, about the statement from, what was it, the Square Enix? Yeah, yeah, CEO. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's really more like the conceptualization of the metaverse is that, yeah, now, you know, you can hang out with your buddy who lives across the globe in, you know, like fully immersive VR call of duty that you hang out in, but then you go back to the main base after the, after the missions over so that you guys can, you know, 
trade on the market for your skins and stuff in you know actual currency and everything in some kind of you know coin that we've created or just you know whatever coin that we're using or something uh yeah it's it's all about making it more immersive to but you know to get you to part with more of your money <laughs> and speaking about money so we we kind of have alluded to it a couple times uh and cnbc went ahead and and encapsulated it for us in their article titled microsoft sets record for biggest tech deal ever topping dell and emc merger in 2016 so yeah you know i i sounded um i don't know if excited is the right word maybe a, a sense of excitement when talking about hey in the last episode in 22 i i said i believe this is the largest uh gaming deal that i've ever heard of in you know my lifetime and my 30 some years of gaming and yeah pretty much all the numbers have come out and basically agreed with that that this is in fact the largest not just in the gaming sphere but in tech altogether um so that both is kind of uh you know impressive but also daunting and somewhat frightening that it was you know buying a publisher like activision blizzard who uh, has been known for churning out only a handful of titles over the multiple ips that they've had over the years uh, that they've become such a money-making machine that their valuation basically garnered them a 68.7 billion dollar price tag um, that i thought was kind of kind of frightening um, but Regardless, um, it is turned out to be the biggest tech deal. So pretty much corroborating what I had said before that uh, it's it's really big news and it's so big of a deal that it went ahead and kind of sent ripples through the uh, through the trades, through the economies insofar as after the acquisition was announced or at least the, you know, again, the ball rolling. Uh, you saw the Activision Blizzard stock price jump up, as well as several other smaller third-party publishers jumped up, which which kind of insinuated this this thought that there was going to be something of a arms race coming on, that all these other companies uh, were going to get acquired in short order, which I I don't want to say is not going to happen. There's one that I have in my mind, but I don't want we, we may say that for later on, but I think. Um, I think it may happen, but uh, we'll see how the dust settles here. They might wait. I think Microsoft might wait for the dust to settle on this one before they actually pull the trigger on, on the next one I'm thinking of. But um, last but not least, kind of talking about how giant of a deal this was, when you're talking about publicly traded companies, a lot of this comes down to confidence, confidence in the part of, the companies and what they're able to bring to the table and confidence in the part of the investors and in, in how much promise their investment actually has on going ahead and presenting a return. So sorry that we're taking a turn here for finances kind of away from video games, but something that I was just in awe of when this happened um, was this, this reported out of Bloomberg that the day what's, what was it Wednesday? Sorry. Yeah. Wednesday. So this is Wednesday in Tokyo. So it's still technically could have been Thursday or excuse me, Tuesday for uh, us, depending on the time, but shares of Sony group corp. So again, that being the parent of PlayStation 
fell 13% on Wednesday with this announcement, which amounted to approximately $20 billion in Sony's valuation in one day. That, again, when we're talking about the confidence, that tells me that there was not a lot of confidence uh, in Sony and in, in their ability to go ahead and continue putting forth banger titles, whether they be first or third party, because investors literally were like, well, there goes the neighborhood. You know, Activision Blizzard just got scooped up. Like, Matt, were you surprised by, by any of those numbers or like did that? You, were you kind of nodding in the back going, yeah, that, that's sounds about right. No, I mean, yeah, like markets are reactionary. So stuff like that's going to happen. Um, and like you said, I mean, there is a concern there where, you know, shit. Yeah, I mean, Call of Duty is a pretty huge title. And a lot of people have a game console purely for like that and like Madden or whatever. You know what I mean? So now if they can't access that, it's like, well, shit. Uh, so, yeah, it's... I definitely going to be a bummer for Sony and for PlayStation. Um, obviously, you know, I, I would expect that they'll still put out just fine the, you know, uh, solid titles that they're known for, but it is going to get more and more difficult for them. I guess if, you know, Microsoft continues on the train and just keeps scooping everybody up, it's, it's going to be hard for Sony to justify the whole, you know, the purchase thing. It's going to be like me with like the, the switch, you know what I mean? They're, I guess even a PlayStation at the moment where it's kind of like, well, you know, I mean, I, I have the interest in a couple of those titles, but am I really willing to, you know, part with hundreds of dollars to purchase the console that, you know, I can play it upon just to play this one game and then be done. Um, so yeah, that, that is tough and that will be difficult for Sony to kind of, you know, deal with if that's how Microsoft's going to continue to play it. Um, time, time will tell. Yeah, uh, you know, we've talked about previously these these folks who, and I know we have at least one of them that's a listener. I'm looking at you, Kyle. Um, one of these folks that goes ahead and um, buys a console almost surrounding one particular title, you know, and it's one thing if it's, um, you know, more power to them. If that's how they want to spend their money, that's how they want to enjoy their time, they're more than welcome to. Um, I personally won't buy a console for, let's say, a Call of Duty title or a Far Cry title or uh, maybe I would in the sense of like a first party thing. But to me, I've always, and maybe that's my upbringing within gaming and understanding the, the, um, the way that things are, I would not buy a console around a third party title. First party sure and and you know obviously hopefully there's more first party stuff to come down the line and so that's kind of been the the big point here right is there's been a lot of fans when you talk about when you previously mentioned about sony kind of getting choked out by this uh really i would almost say that they did it to themselves someone uh alluded to it i want to say on a, a previous podcast i was listening to earlier this week maybe out of kind of funny or, or some of our friends over there um where they said, okay, name me another shooter that's on the PlayStation platform. And it was a hush upon the crowd. Why? Because they went ahead and they don't produce the SOCOM games anymore. They haven't done Resistance in a while. Uh, I, I literally can't think, okay, sure, Battlefield, but that's a third party. Like, they literally don't, they, they rested all of their first-person shooter kind of stuff, uh, their gusto, into these third parties. And so 
when you do that, you're taking a risk. And so Sony apparently really thought with their um, uh, with their deal that they had worked out with Activision um, that they were going to be the uh, the Call of Duty console specifically. And I know we're talking about Call of Duty a lot, and there's way more to Activision Blizzard than Call yeah. There's of Duty Destiny just. too, but. Well, yeah, now that's, you know, that's kind of that weird little partnership there. And who know who knows what's going to come of that, right? Because now we're talking about right. Destiny 2 as a partnership deal between Activision Blizzard and um, uh, Bungie. Jesus, Bungie. Thank you. Um, so who knows what's going to come of that? But the bottom line is, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that are confused by this. The, the thing that I found uh, cute and almost laughable was... I want to see if I can pull it up here if we still have it. Was Sony's response to the news? Did you did you catch that at all? I may have. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, so there, don't there was a, specifically what you're talking about right now. There was a tweet, and immediately before the show, I was trying to find said tweet, and I swear I I may be out to lunch on it, but I swear they deleted it. Um, but it said, and I was trying to find, go figure. All the times that we have embarrassing tweets or whatever that are literally like screenshot. So there's no way I'm getting around it. For some reason, I could not find a screenshot of this one. Um, but it was out of Sony and said, we expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue uh, to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. This was said by a Sony spokesperson to Wall Street Journal. And I sat there and yeah. I was like, that's a ballsy fucking move. I mean, like, <laughs> not for real. Like, so, so yeah and nay, right? Like, so they made that statement um trying to at least you know like stem bleeding from people you know again reacting in the market um and then phil spencer made his you know kind of response tweet or whatever saying you know oh yeah we're absolutely gonna you know we're not trying to pull communities away we're gonna I thought, I thought, I thought, we'll get to that in a second oh uh, well it's the same thing though you know essentially like microsoft is a not going to actually you know if the acquisition is allowed to go through that's not going to be going through until like the end of june 2023 so anything between now and then is still on activision blizzard to deliver um but even if microsoft was going to have some kind of say in it they're not going to come in and be like all right well yeah we don't care we're not going to fulfill any of these agreements we're going to lose all these lawsuits this is well, and so that's not gonna happen like <laughs> my, my thing yeah like obviously when we talk about and and that's where to me this thing was packed on kind of both ends. this tweet out of sony was packed on both ends right so it said we expect and that's the type of wording that you use when you think you're the big dog in the playroom right and not that they aren't because you know as much as we you know again oh god like to me this is uh, a second coming, if you will, because, you know, being a, a multi-platform owner, I have seen the, you know, the back and forth between all the console owners. And I'm just like, dude, I, I have them all. Like, that's the best way to just shut up and color and enjoy gaming. But I've seen for years, years, how PlayStation fanboys were sitting there using ratio. I mean, we literally had a fucking episode here where we talked about ratioed and how stupid I think that word is personally. Right. Um, but people were just coming back and forth like, Oh yeah, yeah. No games, no games, no game. This is what you, this is the bed that they made. 
this is the bed that they made. And now, you know, you've got PlayStation folks across the board, whether they be super casual fans all the way to the diehard that are freaking out about this news. And it's like, what, what did you expect? I made a tweet like two years ago, and this was after, um, this was after the news of Microsoft acquiring Bethesda. I want to say this was somewhere around two years ago. I should have probably pulled that up before the show, but I said something to the effect and I, I, it was in response to somebody. I don't usually like respond to people, but I just wanted to be more educational than confrontational. But someone said something to the effect of Microsoft will never, or Xbox will never amount to what PlayStation has or something to that effect. And I was like, are you, are you really going to say that? You're really going to go ahead and apples to apples when you have one company that could literally buy the other one out. And I'm not one of these guys that says money rules the world kind of deal, right? But now we are seeing how much money matters. Because in one day, in one PR cycle, the tides have turned to the point where, you know, PlayStation fans have basically gone ahead and you know, said, oh, you know, they can get, they can buy Bethesda. Those games aren't going to do anything anymore. It doesn't matter that they have Ninja Theory or, you know, a Playground or any of these other games. They're all going to be trash games. They'll, they'll ceiling at eight rating out of 10, this, this, that, and the other. And now that this deal happens, whoa, 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 all of a sudden, fanboys are freaking out and you have PlayStation, excuse me, Sony, Sony themselves coming across and saying, we expect because they have to show some kind of gusto, some kind of bravado in the situation where, quite frankly, their back is against the wall. Like, yeah, like I don't, I don't even. I hear you talk about losing lawsuit, but I don't even think it would come if Microsoft wanted to. And I'm sure this is a calculated decision, and we'll get to this in the next segment here. But I'm sure this was a calculated decision where they said, "Hey, worst comes to worst, can we afford to go ahead and buy out whatever contractual agreements to go ahead and force the hand?" and ensure folks that that statement that uh, Andrew House, former uh, PlayStation exec, went ahead and said, where he said that PlayStation is the home of Call of Duty. Can we make him eat those words by, by going ahead and buying out whatever contracts and making Call of Duty exclusive on our side? Yeah, I'm sure they went ahead and had that discussion. So, you know, this always comes down to business. So the idea that PlayStation had some kind of magic that Xbox was never going to be competitive as a brand, was never going to have competitive titles, I thought was a fallacy. And that was essentially what I was trying to say in the tweet was, you know, there's plenty of talent out there. It's just a matter of getting them on board and paying them their worth. There's there's no way of saying that Xbox would never compete. And now people are freaking out about this. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But to be fair, like... Uh, I, I, okay, well, I guess two points. To be fair to any of our audience, I am sure that they and everyone else is fully aware of how, you know, important money is uh, to, to that point that you made. But otherwise, man, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things. And I mean, I am generally on the Xbox side. I'm obviously, you know, part of that system. I'm not a uh, part of PlayStation, but... Uh, Loser. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll get there eventually. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, lose as long because as they you lose in exist, the queue, guess, you, can't, right? you can't get in the uh, queue, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, but so, he, so the main thing as far as the criticism, you know, that, oh yeah, Microsoft doesn't have any games or whatever, I mean, 
for them to simply purchase, you know, an Activision or whatever. Well, now we've got Call of Duty. It's like, well, that's, I mean, I wouldn't be like, yeah, look, Microsoft has, you know, fostered this talent to help, you know, create these cool games in a similar way that Sony has or Nintendo does or whatever. Um, that, you know, like I, I couldn't really give them credit for that. In 10 years, when you've got another generation of gamers coming in, they don't really remember this. and They just know that Call of Duty is, you know, with Xbox, if Call of Duty still exists or is any decent or whatever, uh, you know, then, yeah, they probably won't even really think about it. That's just that's just part of Xbox or whatever. But uh, but as of right now, if, you know, Microsoft came in and said, yeah, we're just breaching all the contracts. Call of Duty is ours solely now. Now we got Call of Duty. Who has good games now or whatever? Who makes good games now? I mean, I, I'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, you bought the rights to it or whatever. You didn't really have a, <laughs> have a part in, in, in its creation or whatever. Yeah. Well, and so basically uh, enough of my rant we're we're gonna we're gonna come back to this right after this because we've uh we've gone ahead and rambled on for quite a bit more so we're gonna take another quick break and we'll be back right after this want to contribute to the show maybe you want to try your chances at a question being aired give us a call at 702-690-9292 and you might find yourself so lucky All right, gamers, we're back talking about uh, this is G3 podcast, of course, and we're talking about the uh, Xbox and, and Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Faster, funnier here for the uh, last portion. So, um, yeah, we talked about how big of a deal it is. We talked about kind of uh, the magnitude and, you know, under Activision Blizzard, you have a lot of different IPs. You have a lot of different studios. I mean, we're talking IPs from We've mentioned it several times during the podcast here. Call of Duty, uh, Warcraft, Candy Crush, Tony Hawk, Diablo, Overwatch, Spyro, Hearthstone, Guitar Hero, Crash Bandicoot, StarCraft. Um, there's, uh, according to uh, what we're tracking here, according to an article in VG Charts, it's well over 30 IPs that are owned by Activision Blizzard uh, and including the studios that are within Activision Blizzard, uh, such as Beanox. Blizzard Entertainment, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, and Treyarch. Uh, and I know a couple of those names are probably fairly familiar to the average gamer. Um, but this, so this, this has people worried. Matt, this has some people worried, to say the least. Um, because, you know, people are freaking out about, is does this mean that, you know, things are going to be exclusive on the Xbox platform. Is Call of Duty going to be exclusive? Like, what, what is to come of this? Um, yeah, quite frankly, people are freaking out. Uh, I, I don't know. I personally am not too worried about it. Um, I'll, I'll pose that to you in just a moment here. But there's also been a another rumor or another thought that's kind of come around. Um, oh, man. And, of course, now I had it. And I got to pull it back up but uh, you had mentioned before phil spencer's tweet uh which hilariously enough is his his current pin tweet where he said on january 20th had good calls this week with leaders at sony i confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of activision blizzard and our desire to keep call of duty on playstation sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. So that tweet 
kind of like I felt was very much reverse or not reverse, but uh, kind of the, the other side of the coin to what we just talked about in the last segment where we talked about how PlayStation, you know, put out their statement and um, the numbers have shown that you had uh, Call of Duty Vanguard and Call of Duty Cold War were the number, I believe at number one and number three highest selling games on PlayStation uh, last year. So needless to say, a pretty big chunk of change if Call of Duty was to go, uh, you know, first party for Xbox and, and well, specifically to go exclusive to Xbox. Um, in general, not just with Call of Duty, but what are your thoughts? Are you nervous about this acquisition creating, you know, the ripple that can never be undone? Are you concerned about ah. exclusivity being a problem? I know the bigger concern that you're probably going to get to, and you're welcome to lead into that as well. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The, uh, <laughs> the idea that they want to, you know, work with Sony to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, I'm sure is, you know, very much the case. I'm not really sure that that's uh, meaning anything other than, you know, well, hey, put yeah, let let us sell Game Pass on PlayStation Network or whatever, ah. <laughs> if uh, Sony's going to be willing to play that game. Um, but, but yeah, of course, they're going to uphold all existing agreements who knows you know there's been lots of speculation as far as how those agreements have been worked out with Activision and Sony so nobody really knows the full details on how long they're they're owed you know like access to titles or anything like that um i i didn't know that i guess Vanguard was such a good seller on PlayStation or whatever i thought Vanguard's release numbers i guess had been kind of like lower than what they were hoping for. Or uh, you know, but, I uh, think you're thinking the difference between sales versus reception. Well, and, that, and that's fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I definitely expect that Microsoft is going to make that an exclusive title to, you know, like purchase through their network or whatever. I imagine you could still probably buy it on Steam, you know, when they bring it to PC. Um Hopefully they'll get rid of, you know, like uh, Blizzard or whatever it is, Battle.net. They'll get rid of a separate launcher from Activision. Um, but yeah, like I, as far as like being able to purchase it through PlayStation, I'm not sure if that's going to continue to be a thing. I would honestly be pretty surprised. Like, Hello? Oh, there we go. Okay, I'm sorry. That was weird. Uh but yeah, obviously with the Blizzard acquisition or ZeniMax, I guess, acquisition, you know, like, or excuse me, yeah, uh, Bethesda acquisition, those titles are now, you know, going to be exclusive. You got your Starfields and whatever else. They're they're definitely not trying to, you know, keep people invested in the Sony atmosphere or whatever. Um, so yeah, I would bet that if there's a way for them to, essentially strong arm Sony into letting them put game pass on PlayStation network. I'm sure they'd be happy to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. And I don't know if Sony would ever really go for that. Um, obviously, you know, it is a concern. Uh, you don't want Microsoft to buy everybody up. I mean, I guess they could eventually, as you indicated, they could just buy Sony if they wanted to potentially th theoretically. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I don't really want that personally. I understand that at least from a certain perspective, it'd be real cool to at least just, you know, have one piece of hardware that you got to deal with or whatever. You don't got to buy multiple consoles to get all your games everywhere. And honestly, I can definitely appreciate that. That's one of the reasons why I'm kind of glad to an extent, although I'm not sure what the full ramifications of everything would be, but getting away from like the need to purchase like dedicated hardware to do these things. You can just stream everybody's services or whatever. I'm sure that that'll end up being its own nightmare at some point, but, um, but it might be nice to not have to, you know, purchase all these different dedicated, you know, consoles for, for accessing the quality games that you want. Um, but it's still kind of scary, right? Like, you know, let's say Microsoft just goes ahead and buys everybody up and they've got all the titles. Well, now, now alternatives are going to be tough and they pretty much, you know, dictate the terms for everybody. Obviously people can just stop spending their money and we'll see what happens, but obviously we're all pretty well invested in this hobby. We all love it, you know, and it's, uh, it's just kind of a concern, man. And then what happens if they get, you know, so large and they're starting to starve out because there's no growth anymore because they've got everybody subscribed and they're not sure what to do for content or anything. People are getting bored. I mean, if, if they fail, well then, I mean, hell, it's just gone forever, right? Like nobody else has any access to content rights or anything. <laughs> don't worry, everybody. I'm gonna throw a lifesaver on this conversation before. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that that's gonna happen. Despair. It's just those. Are... Um, so, for reference, since you you brought it up, Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, again, Metacritic is not the end all be all, but it's uh, what we like to reference here on the show. Uh, Vanguard on PS5 was a 73 Metascore. But the user score was a 3.7. Uh, and huh. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, a meta score of 76, user score of 4.2. Um, so, nice. yeah, I, I I should have probably pulled up, and I don't want to because I feel like it would be almost embarrassing and kind of, you know, dragging the point on to see what the rating was for the last uh, Call of Duty remake of Modern Warfare because I, I have a feeling that was much better received. Um, Interestingly enough, so a lot, a lot of good points that you made. The 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 one that uh, regarding the Phil Spencer tweet, the one that I really hang on to is how he notes, uh, da, 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 and our desire to keep Call right. of Duty on PlayStation. I desire right. to own a Roadster 2.0. <laughs> I can't afford it, and I won't be, but I may desire it. Right, and I think we have to look at what happened. So. Um, looking at some of our other articles of reference here, IGN uh, put up something talking about they, they got opinions of experts, quote-unquote experts, uh, around the uh, gaming sphere. Um, but I think Tom Warren said it pretty well. He said, if you're wondering what will happen with future Activision games once they, uh, once they I think that was a typo, Microsoft deal closes, Look at Bethesda. Starfield is Xbox and PC exclusive, and Elder Scrolls Six will follow. And there was a time where uh, Starfield was supposed to be on PlayStation. Like PlayStation fans were head over heels about. Yeah, that, it was right? definitely going to be on PlayStation. Um, so it was Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, and not so much. So well, while, not it anymore. Sounds, <laughs> while it sounds kind of outlandish, I think. And again, like um, a lot of folks. Um, there's one in particular, Paris Lilly out of Gamertag Radio, who I always love to quote because he said, "You, in reference to the Bethesda acquisition, he said you don't spend seven point, what was it, seven point four six billion dollars to keep things the same, 
right? You do a purchase like that to disrupt the marketplace. So once again, you don't spend $68.7 billion to keep things the same. This sounds to me very much like, well, you know, we desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, whether that comes down to being just Warzone because that's an already existing ecosystem on there, um, or, you know, the servers for the previous Call of Duty games that are on there, or whether that means, hey, we want to offer you all the best stuff, but the best stuff is only available on Game Pass. And yeah, you're going to have to yeah. go ahead and get Game Pass. And quite frankly, somebody else brought it up um, earlier this week um, because I've heard nothing. My whole week has been absorbed with this news. So sorry that this is all I'm talking about. Um, I want to say it was out of another PlayStation podcast, but they said, hey, you know, at the end of the day, it may not be the worst case scenario if they do bring Game Pass over to PlayStation. Not really that we think PlayStation would have it, right? Having a competitor streaming service on there. But think of it. You can go ahead and you can own a PlayStation, particularly, I guess, a PlayStation 5 if you get your hands on one. You can own all the PlayStation first party titles. That's what I was yeah, about to say. You yeah. subscribe to this other service, but then you have all these other, including Xbox games. Yeah, that's well. That's what I was gonna say. Like, that's that's the hilarious thing. If that's the way that it's gonna go, then I'm gonna be honest. Like I, really I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get that PS5. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a really good freaking deal for them. Now, I, I don't know how it would work. You know, if you were invested in the meta, that being like the achievements and stuff like that uh, on the Xbox side of the house. I don't know how that would pan out if you would get achievements. For I don't know. For me, it just sounds else, like but... I would be able to access the you know, PlayStation titles that I can't, and I would also have extra hard drive space for Game Pass stuff or whatever. <laughs> well, you know what? You you might you might just have to you might just want to wait until the end of Q1 this year and see if PlayStation yeah, right. decides to pull a rabbit out of their hat about uh, bringing more of their uh, first party games to PC, which has also been a huge talking point this week, but got practically drowned out by this. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely interesting. So. Uh, bringing it into kind of a close here, the, the two questions, um, and I'll, I'll just fire them back to back so that way we can kind of get it out there into the open. Uh, Matt, first and foremost, um, do you think, so, so people have kind of been throwing the word monopoly around during this week as well. Um, I don't fully understand why. Um, but I think that is, you know, as, as far as corporate consolidation is something that, you're more concerned about than I am in this case. So I guess the first question being, do you think that this is a, I guess we'll, we'll do two, two part questions. Uh, a, do you feel that this is actually a monopoly and B, why, why does this worry you if so? And then the second question being, uh, if it happens, uh, based on, you know, your, your thoughts regarding that question, if it happens, what do you hope to see? Do you actually, you know, we kind of already talked about it, but do you hope to see that Microsoft does go ahead and make all these uh, parties, you know, all these titles and IPs exclusive to Microsoft and Xbox? Or do you hope that they're going to share the wealth and kind of keep it status quo how it's been and just collect the, the royalties and whatnot from the PlayStation and other other side? Because they do have Activision games on Nintendo um, as well as on PC. So where, where do you sit on all of that i'm just going to set that in your lap and and let it rest there for a minute so you can digest and uh you know throw it back whenever you're ready oh good lord man uh well that was a lot and i don't know 
if I can. Let's just, let's just start with the keep concise with the yeah yeah right yeah I mean as I said I mean there there's always definitely the concern there. Um, I'm not sure that as of right now they meet the full on definition, but it's it's certainly the end game. You know what I mean? But that's kind of the same for any company, right? Um, you always want to be the top and have no competition, whatever. I mean, so that's, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know that they necessarily meet the criteria at the moment, but they're doing what they can to try and get there. Uh, there, there could be positives. There could be negatives. You and I have had this debate personally many a time, you know, where you're like, why, well, why can't Microsoft just own everything? And then there's just one console that I could buy and it's got all the games. I have not like, said that. You, it, not in years, but, uh, but, well, but regardless, clear, since you're going to well, no, like, I wasn't saying, it, no, 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 I'm not Xbox, saying it's like wrong. Well, no, one, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just the, the, the pipe dream matter. of just one company. Yeah. Right. And I totally get that. I, and I appreciate that. It's just the, it's the, it's the double-edged blade where, you know, they also just then have complete control. You have no alternative as a consumer. Uh, it, it, it's, it comes with potential benefits, but also potential, you know, like negatives. And usually the negatives, unfortunately, outweigh the potential positives. Uh, so, I, so I'd rather not put the whole industry back or put us all, uh, you know, at a detriment as, as the gamers or whatever in the, in the relationship um, to see Microsoft just buy everybody out. Uh, I don't know that this, like I said, puts them quite at that stage, but I mean... Activision was the largest third-party developer or whatever publisher, and well, I mean, Activision or Microsoft just went ahead and bought them, and now Microsoft's quite high up on the chain themselves after that acquisition. So it's, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it's disconcerting. Um, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd always prefer to see more like growth happening with such huge expenditures and everything. But I guess if Activision was bound to fail, then might as well try and keep those workers afloat too. I, I, I don't know, man. It's a, it's, it's an incredible thing to see. This is a monumental event in the industry as it applies to gamers and everything. And frankly, just in business in general, like this is, it's pretty wild. So yeah, uh, I, I guess we'll have to see. I don't know. It, it It's like I said, it's still mind blowing to me. I don't know. That I want to get too deep in the monopoly thing or whatever, um, but I mean the implications of that could be huge. Like I said in our last segment or whatever, you know, if they if they get so large and then they're too big to fail, quote unquote. But gaming is not an industry the government's going to save unless if that is just the only thing that's making money anymore because we've just destroyed everything else. Uh, that could happen. I mean, that's what the metaverse is all about, right? Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. Uh, it, it's scary and it's exciting, but not necessarily in a good way. And it'll be interesting to see how things develop. <laughs> so, um, but no, I don't hope, I, I, I don't necessarily hope that they make everything exclusive to Xbox, but at the same time, I'm kind of tied into the Xbox thing. So I guess I have less to lose in that sense. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think it necessarily is fair to the people that didn't want to buy an Xbox for whatever reason now that they can't play there their favorite game although i guess it works both ways i mean obviously sony's got their exclusives that i'd like to play and whatever i don't know are you an industry insider a professional interested in working with us 
Maybe you just have an incredible gaming story to tell, but calling isn't your thing. Email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. So in looking at uh, the last article I'll reference that we, we got here, it's from the Washington Post. Uh, it's titled, Microsoft is bigger than Google, Amazon, and Facebook. But now lawmakers treat it like an ally in antitrust battles. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of agree with that title from what we've seen and what I've kept up with, with the antitrust stuff going on with, with the big techs um, that has been all the more exacerbated by the free speech discussion and uh, monitoring and, uh, for lack of another word, censoring some of that discussion online. There's been a lot of uh, those folks and, and corporate consolidation piece, right? There's been a lot of those figureheads that have been going up to D.C., um, and basically pleading their case on why they shouldn't be forced to break up because they don't have a monopoly on the tech industry. And I'm not a politician, but I just keep it simple, right? And so the, the article, so I don't necessarily like mention it and not do any justice. It talks about going back to when uh, Microsoft was viewed as the big bad because they kind of did the monopoly thing back in the you know late 80s, early 90s. Um, they were trying to scoop everybody up. To be quite frank, there wasn't really a lot of other players on the field to begin with, um, but they were some so, of the, f- the first ones getting so speared if I can, with the antitrust stuff. Yeah, so if I can come in briefly, like yeah. Microsoft's history is totally messed up and everything but uh but the interesting thing is that it's not even like their tendency to uh you know uh bully other players off the field and just buy them up or whatever uh that that actually wasn't what got them in hot water what what got them in hot water was uh including uh internet explorer packaged into windows as they were selling it as an operating system because like Netscape and stuff felt that that was unfair because, well, now everybody's just going to have this installed by default and they're probably just going to start using this rather than, you know, trying out our product that we're working with and everything. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's lots of far-reaching, I guess, behaviors and everything that are inherent with a monopoly. Um, the tendency to just, you know, purchase out... Uh, competitors is certainly one of them but it's not it's not the only thing <laughs> yeah yeah no i got you there um no, that's that is a very little known point so thank you for bringing that one up um like i said though for, for me it comes down to a gut check kind of deal right and i say that in the sense of like i look at microsoft and maybe this is just the pr that i see from their side but i see them taking a gaming entity like minecraft and they're using it in schools and in education uh capacities I see them going ahead and doing stuff like trying to offload some of the carbon footprint by putting servers in the oceans, uh, you know, sealed and everything, but putting them in the oceans to go ahead and keep them cool. And that way they uh, take less energy to maintain. I see them going ahead and making company wide commitments on going ahead and lowering carbon emissions and, and whatnot by certain date timelines. Uh, not to mention that they have, you know, all these, uh, programs and things like Word and, and Office and all these other things that we use on a regular basis, but then they also do go ahead and lend uh, discounts to uh, creative types or students and teachers and whatnot. And so I look at that and to me, I say, okay, 
they're actually giving a shit. They're doing something to go ahead and lessen the view of like how you put it, kind of the big bad and, and bullying everybody. Whereas wow. I look at the Amazons mm-hmm. and I look at alphabets and yeah, you got stuff like Amazon Smile where they, they donate to charities, but like the the maybe that's the uh, uh, not pragmatist, but the whatever the dick in me that sits there and goes, well, yeah, that's to lower your, your corporate taxability. Right. Well, but, so go ahead. Okay. So, so I guess to counter all of that, not that those things are not great in and of themselves, but you have to remember that the, all of those are usually also tied with their own kind of rewards. Right. So there's lots of tax incentives for stuff like that through all kinds of different legislation that they're potentially, you know, lobbying in or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, so there's tax incentives. There is the PR incentives. You know, they've they've just been around longer. They know the game better. They've they've created the game, right? So they're like, yeah, look at all the good that we're doing. But they still make money off of all of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like any of that really hurts them. Uh, either they, you know, quote unquote, make money by lessening their tax burden, or they get good PR or whatever. Like you were talking about the discounts that they offer to students or creative types or something. So yes cool um but those may be potentially offset if it's like some kind of a school thing where it's like a discount through your school or something so like you know government or some kind of private entity whatever is like offsetting cost or it could just be a thing where they're like well we'd rather sell you you know the product at a discount rather than have you download a pirated version (laughs) so it's there's there's always the interest, you know, uh, on the company's behalf and any kind of move that they're making. Very few things are just pure altruism. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll dig it. Uh, regardless, uh, I think it's going to happen. I, th- I think, um, again, with a multi-trillion dollar company like Microsoft, they don't go ahead and put their foot in the water with something like this without the lawyers on their team going ahead and taking a look at it, maybe even having some conversations oh, and yeah, going, I, hey, will, will this actually go through if we pull the trigger on it? Yeah, because there was some, oh, some I definitely talk about... I it's going to go through, yeah. Yeah, there was some talk about if the deal falls out for whatever reason. It's like billions of dollars still in, in somewhere less than $5 billion. I want to say it was like 2 to $3 billion that has to get exchanged one way or another if the deal isn't able to go to fruition. And so I yeah. don't see them going ahead and just tossing $3 billion away because they didn't you know cross their t uh, or dot their i i mean for them that's not a huge loss to have to make up you know what i mean so it might be worth the gamble um but yeah i mean it's i i wouldn't be shocked if it goes through uh you've seen mr mr bobby dickhead already laying the groundwork of well, well we're too small to complete we we need the backing of microsoft's money or whatever um Microsoft can easily just kind of pull the same stuff that they have in the past where they're like, well, look, we're not technically, you know, now the largest player. Like we're still look at our gaming revenue We're we're only third biggest now after the acquisition or whatever, like Sony's still on top. I mean, you know, it's not we're we're not the number one or whatever. Uh, And, you know, they're in good with uh, Congress and everybody else, you know, through all of the aforementioned, you know, goodwill stuff that they're doing or whatever. So it's. It's real easy for government to, you know, publicly just be like, no, these are good guys. We're just, you know, we're going to let them do their thing or whatever. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I fully expect that this will go through. Yeah, I think if if 
And this is, again, just me kind of shoot shot in the dark. I think if legislators look at it purely in an American sense, American companies competing with American companies, then it may not go through, quite honestly, because, you know, they'll go ahead and they'll say, okay, well, cool. Sony's based out of Japan. Sony's a Japanese company. Like, we're not worried about that. Who else in the American sphere are you competing with? And quite frankly, at this point, yeah, Microsoft would dominate like anyone else on the board type of thing, right? But when we expand the scope, expand that aperture to be the entire world, and yeah, as you as you mentioned, like a couple of things, a couple of articles have highlighted that as far as gaming revenue, uh, global gaming revenue, uh, it's Tencent number one, PlayStation number two, and then uh, now Microsoft, once this deal closes, will be number three. So if you look at it in the big spectrum, yeah, they're the underdog, uh, but I don't know if Congress is going to look at it that way. Right. I don't know how they think. Um, I don't want to think that they're going based on purely like hopes and dreams and good feelings. I would think that they are, are actually looking at numbers and looking at uh, business acumen and trying to see like, hey, what would this look like five, 10 years down the line with a lack of competition? Um, and frankly, I think if it is on purely an American scope, it's it's it might not pass muster. But then if it's, uh, you know, if they're looking at it on the global scale, then I think they have a much better chance. That, that's just me. Um, but we'll see. Regardless, that's it. I think we're done talking about that. What do you think? You think you're ready to, to call it a wrap on this one? I, I think so. I do just have to correct that uh, Sony was gaming revenue of $25 billion. Tencent was uh, 13.9 for this latest fiscal year so. Uh, but that's that's just but that's, this past it's gaming well right true long. that true yeah. that um but yeah and again that's you know revenue from gaming sales and whatever which is how that would be analyzed and you know any kind of a, a congressional hearing or whatever um so yeah i mean my i i can't imagine it's not going to go through honestly <laughs> yeah we'll see how it works out all right, dude. Let's uh, let's call this a wrap. I'm sure our listeners are ready for us to wrap it up. We've been going on yeah. and on and on about this. So that being said, give us a quick, uh, you know, little overview of what you've been doing, what you've been playing uh, now that you're on the management uh, from the vid. Yeah, I've been playing the recovery game. Uh, it was just kind of messing around with little Skyrim on that since I got the the new Xbox Series X. Thanks to you know Leo for finding that deal for me, buddy. I do appreciate it. Uh, so I do now finally have the the Series X, and it's cool. Uh, quick resume is is an awesome upgrade feature. Uh, but uh, now the Hitman trilogy has hit Game Pass. I've been messing around with Hitman Three a little bit. Uh, I will say I totally suck at those games, but it's whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, not not too much. I, you know, mainly just been kind of taking it easy over the past week word uh well as for me um things have been busy so got uh, i'm still getting settled into my new job um at work and so i kind of or my new role i guess i should say um so that's been quite interesting i've left work late like every day this past week but it is what it is um that being said as far as gaming surprisingly i have been on my playstation the most this past week and that that's partially because the i'm just trying to play catch up on horizon zero dawn because uh, you know, Sony has like doubled down on their their press output, their PR output for Forbidden West. 
and it looks freaking incredible. Um, and I can't wait to get my hands on that game. I may, I may go ahead and buy that day one full price. Uh, You're not going to wait for the VR? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a whole different one, right? That's uh, Call of the Mountain. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah, yeah sorry. that's a spinoff. Um, but yeah, so that game looks incredible. I'm, I might have to, to hop on that one. But nonetheless, um, PlayStation also released their, uh, their uh, end of year, like, kind of wrap-up stuff for last year. And I was a little surprised that... I had apparently played on on my PlayStation platforms uh, 109 hours last year, I think it was. Um, so I was pretty impressed with that. 66 days, so like by by days played, not that much. By hours, I was pretty impressed. Um, and most of that was on my PS4 Pro. But regardless, um, things have nonetheless ramped up here. Uh, I went ahead and I finally got my Turtle Beach Velocity 1 flight control set. So I'm going to hook that up to the computer and play some... Uh, some uh flight sim i don't even like to say play flight sim i'm gonna work on flying around a flight sim uh, <laughs> also went ahead and i got my xbox adidas uh sneaks you know that limited edition stuff that came out there you will not see yeah. me put that up for uh scalping because <laughs> i don't do that jazz um as you can tell i'll give you by, five bucks as you can Gosh. see by me hooking you up with the uh the series x link um it, it all comes down to patience, folks. That's that's my that's my key to success with getting your hands on this new tech is patience. I went ahead and last week I got an email that I signed up with EVGA last year sometime about getting a water blocked RTX 3080 Ti, um, and I was actually going to buy said card. They have like a twenty hour limit where they hold it for you. And my dumb ass went ahead and I was like, hey, I'm going to sleep on the decision because that's what I usually do with large financial decisions. And then surprise, surprise, I went ahead and when I went to, to log in and check that email again and check the link and whatever, it said that I was an hour late. And so I lost that. And then lo and behold, I haven't really checked my email this week. Come to find out I had an email from two days ago. Same kind of thing for a water blocked RTX 3090. Um that I missed out on because I never even realized I had the email. And had I seen that, I hands down would have bought that for my gaming rig. So holy crap. Uh, yeah, just the big thing is patience. I know that sucks, uh, especially in the FOMO age, but patience is going to be the way to get your stuff. Other than that, yeah, like I said, I've been playing a lot of uh, PlayStation 5 stuff. I've been working on some uh, Series X stuff, putting a lot of stuff in the background. So now G3 is available on Amazon Music. So if you guys are, uh, you know, into Amazon Music stuff, you'll be able to see it on there uh, as well. I've also been putting a lot of work in on the website behind closed doors. So that should be coming out as well. Whew. Other than that, if you want to see me make some uh, snipe marks at uh, people across the way, whatever side uh, I'm opposing, feel free to check me out. Known as Ice on all things gaming and social media. Um, and yeah, that that's that's it for me. Matt, did you have any last last attacks? I'm just gonna uh, I, I'll I'll be positive, I guess, uh, for once, and I will say sincerely with no cynicism. As long as they wouldn't ruin it and turn it into something stupid. Uh, I do believe one of the IPs that Activision had that I guess Microsoft has now acquired is uh, the prototype series. And be cool to see another sequel for those games. That that was 
Pretty cool. Back in yeah, the day. buddy. Hell yeah. yeah. That's prototype all I got. Was, prototype was awesome. Prototype. Yeah. I, I liked it. Uh, unfortunately, there was a little bit of a, a nonsense collectathon going on in there that I just saw in the uh, remastered edition I played, uh, I don't know, two or three months ago, and that kind of dissuaded me from continuing. But I'll probably get back into that. Anyways, guys. All right, cool. That's it. We're going to wrap this thing up finally. Thank you all for tuning in to G3 Podcast. Yeah. Gaming's greatest generation. And remember... Gaming's Greatest Generation is the one you guys are a part of. Thanks for listening to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us today. If you have any feedback for the show or would like to contribute ideas, feel free to call 702-690-9292 or email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. You can also join the Discord community by following the link in the show notes. See you next time. Yeah, so, you know... Exclusivity. Uh, I'm against it. Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, just in general. We'll just we'll just make that in general. Yeah. Microsoft's gone by. <laughs>